On Monday morning, December 8, 1941, George Hutchinson, an 18-year-old library aide, attended to his tasks in the Supreme Court's ornate building. The Marble Palace, as it was widely known, had opened six years earlier, replacing the cramped room in the Capitol across the street that had long been the court's home. Suddenly, there was a commotion. Hutchinson was startled to see armed soldiers burst into the Supreme Court. They quickly moved into sentry positions at the court windows, weapons prominently displayed. Other soldiers roamed the building and mounted the roof. They had arrived as emergency security for President Franklin D. Roosevelt before his noontime speech to Congress, the address in which FDR would decry the date which will live in infamy, Japan's surprise attack on Pearl Harbor the preceding day. The country was now at war, and the war had, quite literally, invaded the quiet precincts of the Supreme Court. Just a few years prior, FDR had been in a bitter battle with the Supreme Court. It had repeatedly struck down key pieces of New Deal legislation. Frustrated, Roosevelt had sought to enlarge the court and pack it. His effort encountered bipartisan hostility. But a surprise switched vote flipped his fate. Justice Owen Roberts, an appointee of Herbert Hoover, the incumbent FDR had defeated in the presidential election of 1932, changed his tune, and the Supreme Court began upholding New Deal policy. By the start of World War II, FDR, benefiting from a wave of retirements, had effectively packed the courts without having to add to the number of justices. He had appointed seven of the nine and elevated an eighth to chief justice. It represented the most justices appointed by a president since George Washington, and the most sweeping influence by a president on the court since the first days of the Republic. FDR's justices were a fractious crew, plagued by internal rivalries, bitter resentments, and behind-the-curtain feuds. But they were united in their loyalty to the president, and frequently jostled for his favor. The Roosevelt justices included Hugo Black, an ex-Klansman from Alabama who had become a progressive force, William O. Douglas, a Western iconoclast and New Deal wunderkind whom FDR would favor as his running mate in 1944, Robert Jackson, a legal superstar and FDR poker crony, Felix Frankfurter, the cocksure Harvard Law professor with a legion of strategically placed protégés, and Frank Murphy, a social justice champion who had served as governor of Michigan and attorney general. The cases that came before the war court, the identity the Roosevelt court quickly assumed, required its justices to weigh constitutional commitments to civil liberties in the context of a brutal global conflagration. The justices were not, could not be, divorced from the war effort. Hugo Black had two sons in the military, and a wife whose anxiety about them contributed to bouts of severe depression. Frank Murphy enlisted for a brief stint in the military while remaining a justice. Robert Jackson left for Europe to prosecute the Nuremberg trials. Felix Frankfurter frequently consulted with close friends at the War Department, including his mentor, Henry Stimson, whom he had helped install as Secretary of War. All of them felt a deep allegiance to FDR. 
They regarded him as not only their president, but also their friend and beloved patron, as he steered the nation through a war that was simultaneously grand, ugly, and profoundly momentous. World War II was interwoven with every ruling. In some of the court's most enduring decisions, the justices decried the Axis powers' fascism and bigotry, and historically expanded American liberties as a conspicuous contrast. But in other rulings, particularly when FDR's actions were challenged, the court demurred submissively. The Supreme Court and the executive branch, designed as two distinct forces in a system of constitutional checks and balances, emerged as allied institutions in wartime. 